Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see all these faces this morning, even though they're masked. But it's good to see so many faces this morning. As you know, uh, the provincial government made some changes in um, regulations and restrictions. And so we chose for this particular to leave things the same as what we've been doing these past few weeks. So thank you for your patience uh, with us for that. But we'll be making some announcements this week. So keep your eyes open to your emails and just some things that we'll be changing for next Sunday. Um, and we uh, hope and pray that you would feel comfortable to continue to come in person. And if not, continue to connect with us online. And we love the fact that our online audience is connecting with us and journeying with us in, in this season and in this time as well. I want to read uh, for you from a book, The God You May Not Know. It's a book by the Alliance Canada. Um, and next Sunday is our Mission Sunday. And I'm going to read you uh, just a, a short part of one story here of a lady named Ruth Patterson. She was from this, this area, the, let's call it the GTA area. It says here, Two young women in a bouncing jeep emerged from the shadowy foliage encircling the village. Dusk was falling, and the remote village, the remote region of the in the remote region of the Belgian Congo, where they were responding to a request from the village's sole Christian that someone bring the gospel to his people. A palpable spiritual heaviness pervaded the scene before them. In the village center, a crowd of terrified villagers stood around a witch doctor. A baby in the community had just died, and their spiritual leader was about to announce who was responsible. It was an indictment to be feared, for it could lead to the execution of the accused. When the witch doctor noticed the female visitors, his face contorted with hate as he shouted, Get away, white people! We don't want you! The two women probably could have been run out of the town, except for the intervention of the village chief. In keeping with the tribal customs of hospitality and wanting to take advantage of the visitors, uh, medical skills, he conceded to let them stay for a few days in one of the village houses. They set up their cots and mosquito nets in their assigned quarters before the daylight disappeared. As they whispered together, a snake slithered slowly across the floor near their feet. At that moment, the reptile became for them a searing symbol of evil. The two young women had come from the relative security of their established mission hospital ministries in hopes of sharing the gospel with this unreached village. But now they felt profoundly vulnerable and alone. In the middle of the night, Ruth, one of the two women, was startled awake by a vivid sense of being choked. An unseen entity was cruelly squeezing her neck and cutting off her air supply. She had a terrifying awareness of being under attack by a malevolent being. Immediately she woke her companion and urged that they pray together. What happened next was something she would treasure for the rest of her life. Suddenly there was, they were enveloped in God's powerful presence and were delivered from their paralyzing terror. I realized, Ruth later reflected, that God was there and he reminded me of his protection and victory over fear by faith in him. It was a life lesson for Ruth. She grew bold from her realization of the truth in the psalmist's prayer, even the darkness will not be dark to you. Ruth Patterson served as a missionary with the Christian and Missionary Alliance from 1952 to 1992. For four decades, she lived, worked, and witnessed in four countries on three different continents, Africa, Asia, and Europe. This is a brief account of her experience of God's presence, often hidden, 
sometimes dramatically manifest wherever she went. No matter how remote the location or how dangerous the situation, God was always there. Do you know that the Lord is with us? As we're studying through this series of the Holy Spirit, one thing that we need to understand is that we are spiritual beings. God has given us a spirit to fellowship and communicate with him. God has given us his spirit that fills us and empowers us and changes us. And what I want to speak to you about this morning is is understanding a little bit of the, the Holy Spirit in us in a very supernatural way. Not an ordinary way, but in a supernatural way. Just as how he was with this lady Ruth and how the presence of God came in a very supernatural way to surround her and comfort her and encourage her, how the Holy Spirit came to strengthen her. Uh, in, our, in our Lent devotional, uh, thanks for everyone that's connecting. I just wanted to show you one. Uh, on day one, you filled out Jesus is, and these are the results. Isn't that amazing? The one that is in the middle is the, most, is the one that had the most responses. So Jesus is love, healer, savior, Lord, and so many others. So thank you for all those that are participating. If you didn't get a booklet, they're out in the lobby. Or if you're watching online, you can download it uh, uh, from our website as well. And I want to just encourage you as you go through these days to see Jesus. Because remember, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit points people to who? To Jesus. The the job of the Holy Spirit is that as his presence comes and fills and empowers us, he points us to Jesus. He points us to Jesus as healer. He points us to Jesus as love, as savior, as provider, as uh, holy, as sanctifier. And and we've been studying in these days about the Holy Spirit, and and we've been looking at some of the the things that the Holy Spirit is to us. We saw initially how the Holy Spirit was God and is God, how he fills and empowers us, how the Holy Spirit was promised by the Father and Jesus to us, how the Holy Spirit leads us into truth, how he comforts us, encourages us, and helps us, even as as I just read in this story, how he transforms us into the, the image and character of Christ, how we saw in the Old Testament how the Holy Spirit came upon various people at certain times to empower them for service, how the Holy Spirit empowered kings and priests and prophets, and how he calls us even today to the prophethood of all believers where he wants us to be empowered prophets speaking his word, using the gifts and talents that he has given to us. We saw in in the New Testament how the Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus and how he empowers us to lead others to Jesus. Just as this woman, Ruth, wanted to lead others to Jesus and share the gospel. It was the Holy Spirit that led her and empowered her and took her from the comforts of, of Canada all the way overseas to a place there where there were slithering snakes on the ground, but still she used her gifts and talents for the furtherance of the kingdom of God and to share the love of God. And if you want to read the rest of the story, it's a great story. We saw how the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. And all of us, if we've been filled and empowered by the Spirit, has a gift. The question is, are we using that gift? 
Are we leaning and surrendering to the Holy Spirit? And we saw how the Holy Spirit unites us as one. Last week, Pastor Kathy shared with us how God wants us to be like that plant, like that tree planted by the streams of living water, receiving our nourishment from the Holy Spirit, putting our trust in the Holy Spirit and not in the flesh, even as we read uh, today about how the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into the things of the Spirit, not into the things of the flesh. And there's a lot of things that we can talk about the Holy Spirit, but today I, I want to, as we conclude this series on the Holy Spirit, I want to look at a few more things, but in the supernatural way. I want us to see how the, we are spiritual beings. The Holy Spirit is a spirit that empowers and fills us and does supernatural things for us. So first thing, and you might, you might say right away, well, that doesn't sound very supernatural, right? He produces the fruit of the Spirit in us. That is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about people that might be naturally kind or naturally loving or naturally patient. I'm talking about the Spirit coming upon someone and radically and supernaturally changing their character into the image and character of Christ. Now, when, when we look at the work of the Holy Spirit, there are two outward signs of the Holy Spirit in our lives, okay? Two outward signs. One is the sign of gifts, and we talked a little bit about that last week very quickly, so many different gifts. The gifts are manifested outwardly for the edification of the body of Christ. The second thing is the fruit of the Spirit, these two things, gifts and the fruit, are outward manifestations or outward signs that the Holy Spirit is working within us. If you see the gifts of the Spirit that are listed, some of them are pretty supernatural, like miracles and healings. Well, let me tell you, that's not happening naturally. That's happening supernaturally. And when you look at the gifts of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, some of these verses might be familiar, and you, and you see some of these things, love, joy, peace, patience. Let me tell you one thing. If there's any little iota of love in Daniel, that's supernatural. It's not a natural thing for me. That is a supernatural work of the Spirit of God that enables me to love others. I can tell you, I don't have a lot of patience. So if some, some way or some form I have a little bit of patience, that's because of a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in my life to change me from being impatient to patient. And I want to ask you as well, when you look at these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, what is the area in your life that you're lacking in, in some of these things. Some of these things might be natural to you. Well, you know, I'm just naturally, you know, peaceful, right? Uh, our son, Joel, he's three months old uh, yesterday. I can't believe the time's gone so quickly. Uh, somebody mentioned to me initially, I was mentioning Joel in every single sermon. I've taken a little bit of a break. Here's another, here's another uh, uh, plug for Joel. But he's a naturally really peaceful baby. He, he cries when he needs something, but otherwise he's very calm and peaceful. I'm hoping that continues for the rest of his life. <laughs> but sometimes there's a certain sense of natural, some of these things are naturally you know, within us that people say, oh, he's like this. But there's other things that we lack and we need the supernatural work of the Spirit of God to come in upon us and change us. 
And for every one of us, it'll be something different. And my question to you is, what is that in your life? Right? In John chapter 15, it says that when we produce much fruit, it, it shows that we are the true disciples of Jesus, and it brings great glory to the Father. We can try to be more loving, but when people say bad things about us, when people hurt us, when people offend us, when people do things towards us, what's the natural thing that's going to come out? It's not love. It's probably going to be something else. But if when people do evil towards us and the response is love, then guess what that is? That's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit working in us to change us and transform us into the image of Christ. Joy, for example. Maybe you can be joyful when everything is going well. But how about when things are not going well and there's a deep sense of sadness, but yet there is joy that is overflowing? Well, that's the supernatural work of the Spirit of God in us to produce joy in the midst of deep trials and pain. And we can go through all of the, the, the different fruit of the Spirit. If you think about peace and maybe, you know, you're overwhelmed with worry or when you think of kindness and you're overwhelmed with maybe just harsh words and strong words, when you think of goodness and there might be bad motives and, and, and uh, intentions, when you think of faithfulness, maybe there's a lack of diligence. When you think of gentleness, maybe you think of someone who's forceful and, and strong-handed. When you think of self-control, maybe a lack of discipline. There's all of these sort of opposites of these fruit of the Spirit. And are these things in our life... And if so, and if we want them to change, we need the Spirit of God in us. Acts 11 says that Barnabas was a good man. Goodness was being produced in him because he was full of the Holy Spirit. Number two is that he affirms in us that we are children of God. This is a supernatural work of the Spirit of God. It doesn't come to us normally to think that we are part of the family of God. It doesn't come to us normally to think of, that we're part of something bigger or greater, but it's the Spirit of God. We read it in verse 15 and 16 of Romans 8 today. The Spirit joins with our spirit, because we're spirit beings as well. The Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And oftentimes we did, a, we did a whole series on identity recently, and oftentimes we, we struggle with the assurance of what our identity is in Christ. We struggle with the assurance of salvation. Have you ever doubted or wondered what would happen after this life is over? Have you ever doubted or wondered your place in eternity? Well, it's through being filled with the Spirit and empowered in the Spirit that there's a supernatural work of the Spirit of God in our lives that gives us such an affirmation and a confirmation and a security within us to say, yes, I am a child of God. Regardless of what happens, I know He has a place for me in heaven. This is not something that happens naturally or normally. This is a, a work of the Spirit of God to put such a confidence and affirmation in our hearts and lives that we are the people of God, followers of Jesus, children of God, part of the family of God, loved, beloved sons and daughters of the King. And it happens through the Spirit of the Lord. It was interesting when the Spirit of God was poured out on the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10, Peter went to Cornelius' house. They were a house of Gentiles. They weren't Jews. And Peter was sharing the gospel with them. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came down and they all started speaking in tongues. And the, 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 the Spirit was manifest at that time. It was evident. Peter saw the evidence and he said, look, you, the Spirit of God has filled you. And what did he say? 
He said there at the end, he said, then Peter asked them, the people that were there, can anyone object from their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? What he was saying here is, look, the Gentiles now have received the Holy Spirit. They are part of the family of God. They are part of the kingdom of God. They are part of what Jesus is trying to do. Can anyone object to them being baptized? Well, no, let them all be baptized as a sign and symbol that they are also children of God and followers of the Lord. And that's the affirmation of the Spirit of God. Ephesians 4, it says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. It's possible to grieve the Spirit. It's possible to to do things that bring sorrow to the Spirit if we're not walking with the Lord. But it says, remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. There's, there's this sense of security that God gives to us, the sense of affirmation that God gives to us that we are the children of God. Number three, he helps us to pray. Now, you're probably looking at me and thinking, well, Daniel, I pray. How is that supernatural? Well, the very fact that you pray is supernatural. The very fact that you're praying to God, a spirit being, is something that is not natural, not something that we naturally would do, but it's something that we do to connect with the living and true God. Prayer is one of the most critical aspects of our spiritual lives. I'll say that again. Prayer is one of the most critical aspects to our spiritual lives. We need prayer and Bible reading as we seek the Lord. We need to give ourselves to prayer and reading of God's word. In Romans 8 verses 26 and 27, this is what it says. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Let me ask you, have you ever been in a situation where you don't know, there's such a burden on your heart and you don't know how to pray? Anyone here? Okay, just me and a couple of people. All right, so for me and the couple of people that are here, that you've been in a situation where you don't know how to pray, and there's such a burden. There are times when I just sit in God's presence, and there's just a groaning in my spirit. As the Spirit intercedes, as the Spirit prays, there are times because the Holy Spirit is is there, and He's working, that, that I don't even need to verbalize something. But it's the spirit in conjunction with my spirit that is praying. And as it says here, with groanings, which, which can't be expressed in words, God has given us a gift of the Holy Spirit. That he comes and fills us and empowers us. And, and we might not know how to pray, but he will pray through us. And there are times as well where he will give us the words to speak when we pray. Sometimes uh, I've asked a number of people to come up, you know, to to the front here and pray, you know, and sometimes, you know, people are a little bit timid and a little bit afraid, and I understand that, but realize it's the Holy Spirit that fills us and empowers us to help us to pray. He will give us the words to speak. It's one of the most critical things as we, we saw a couple of weeks ago of what the Spirit of God does in the prophethood of all believers is that he fills us and empowers our tongue, empowers our speech 
to witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to pray, to intercede, to speak the words of God as, a, as an empowered prophet, to speak the truth of the word of God. These are supernatural things that the Holy Spirit does in us. These are things that we need to just continually yield to the Spirit of God and allow Him to fill us and empower us. And you'll see, you'll start to do things that you might have never done before. Daniel standing in front here preaching to you is something supernatural. Because for me, in and of myself, I can't do this. I've told people that, you know, oftentimes before I come up here, I have this thing in my family, in our genes, we have sweaty hands. So don't shake my hand. Well, in COVID, there's no shaking hands anymore. But don't, before that, don't shake my hand before I come up to preach because my hand is... Because I'm nervous. and I don't know what to do. But I trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. And for all of us, whether it's individual, one-on-one, -on -one, speaking and sharing God's word, this Friday we have a, a Sharing Your Story seminar. I encourage everyone to sign up. It's on Zoom and come and learn how you can do that. But the Holy Spirit will empower us. Whether it's just to give someone a word of encouragement, whether it's to, to speak words of life into someone, to be that empowered prophet whether it's to pray over someone else. And you don't know, well, how am I supposed to pray for this person's need? Well, the Holy Spirit will empower you. The Holy Spirit will make you an intercessor as he is interceding through you. There, there you know, oftentimes, I, I, wanted to I want to correct one thing about, about prayer. Oftentimes we've said, and this is a mistake, oftentimes we've said that all of our ministries are undergirded and propelled through prayer. And although that statement in and of itself is true, it puts prayer at a lower level than the actual ministry. So it looks like, well, the ministry is the important thing and prayer just helps it to happen. No. The ministry is prayer. The priority is prayer. They both work together. It's not that one propels the other. It's that both are intricately and intimately intertwined. Prayer is our ministry. Prayer is what we do through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are empowered by the Spirit to pray God is calling us into deeper times of prayer. As I've shared with you many times, my heart for Unionville Alliance Church, my vision for Unionville Alliance Church is that we would be a house of prayer where the presence of the Lord dwells. And the ministry is prayer. The ministry is interceding for one another. It is surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Now, we do other things as well through the power of the Spirit, and we do pray for those other things, but I want us to see that prayer is not the secondary thing. Prayer is the primary thing. Prayer is what motivates us and pushes us through. Number four, he is our life giver. And I want to stay on this for a moment. 
From the, the moment of creation, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And the Spirit of God breathed into Adam the breath of life. And from that time, you see the Spirit of God as the life giver. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord, formed, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and man became a living person. The Hebrew word for spirit is ruha, and it's translated as spirit, as wind, as breath. God breathed into Adam the breath of life. It shows the life-giving power of the spirit. Did you know that we are 98.8% genetically similar to chimps? 98.8% genetically similar to chimps. I know, you're wondering, where am I going with this? <laughs> what sets us off from chimps? The breath of the Almighty within us. What sets us off from the animal kingdom? The breath of the Almighty within us. As God breathed into Adam, the breath of life. God breathed into us the breath of life. We are made alive by the Spirit of God. God has given us a spirit to communicate and fellowship with him. We are made in the image of God. He gives us life. Ruha also speaks of, of God's presence that brings life and meaning to our lives. It brings comfort and strength and power to us. In Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve had sinned against God, it says here, when the cool of the evening breeze, when, when the Ruha, the spirit, the presence of God, was blowing. The man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. They, they fled from the presence of God. They didn't want to be in the presence of God because they had sinned, but it was in the cool evening breeze. It was the, the, the Ruha, the Spirit of God, the presence of God that was there. The presence of God is here today. The Spirit of the Lord is here today. And God is working in our lives. The Spirit renews us. It renews us spiritually. It renews us, He renews us emotionally. He renews us mentally. He renews us physically. In every way, Jesus came to give life and life in its abundance. And the Spirit of God breathes life into us spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. It's not so much just of the physical life as, as God breathed into Adam the breath of life, but it's the Spirit of God that empowers us to, to live this life as God wants us to live, to do and fulfill His will in the world today. John 6 says, The Spirit alone gives eternal life, life that lasts forever. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Pastor Kathy spoke about that last week, how the difference between trusting in the flesh and trusting in the spirit. In our own flesh, we can't do anything, but through the spirit of God, he empowers us. Romans 8 says, but, let, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Let the spirit of God control our mind and our heart. Let him fill us and empower us as Pastor Kathy shared last week of putting our roots deep in Jesus. 
putting our roots deep in Jesus, letting the Spirit of God control our mind. Verse 10 says, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. It's the Spirit that breeds life. In, in the new covenant that God makes, it's the Spirit that gives life to us. I'm going to show you a picture, and I want you to think about it as I read a scripture from Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 5. It's a picture of dry bones. Do you feel like you're dry in your spiritual life? Do you feel like you're far away from God? Do you feel like the presence of God, the Ruha, is, is not there walking with you, being with you, abiding with you? Ezekiel 37 says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, Look, I am going to put breath, ruha, into you and make you live again. This is what the Spirit of the Lord wants to do in us. Do you feel dry? Maybe the season of, of isolation, the season of COVID has, has made you feel so far away from God. Oh, friends, the Spirit of the Lord wants to renew us wants to revive us, wants to refresh us, wants to do new things in us, to, to bring life to our dry bones. Romans 8 verse 11 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. The spirit of God can give life to your own physical body. I don't know about you, but I've been in times when I've going into maybe a prayer meeting or a service, I feel so tired. Oh, and then I leave the end of the service so revived and refreshed because of the spirit of God. Have you ever experienced that before? Yeah. It's the spirit of God that, that gives life to our mortal body, that, that gives that resurrection power. And finally, he continually fills us. Friends, the Spirit of God wants to fill us in the morning, wants to fill us in the afternoon, wants to fill us in the evening. He wants to fill us tomorrow. He wants to fill us the day after, and he wants to fill us the day after that. In Acts 13, taught in the early church, it says, the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. When I was 12 years old, something happened in my life and in my family that radically changed the course of our life. My dad was losing vision in one of his eyes and he had gone to the doctors and tried to find out what's happening. You know, is there a medication I can take? Is there surgery that can happen? Something that could rectify this, this loss of vision. And, and we have lots of doctors in our families and other countries as well. And, and he sent all the reports all over the world. And basically the doctor said, there's no solution to this. And one day, 
we had come in contact with a particular pastor who my dad had invited to his house to pray for him and praying for healing. And as this man walked in our door, he, he looked at my dad and he told him right away, the Lord told me not to pray for healing because God's already healed you. But he wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he, he sat in our living room and he shared all these verses from the Bible. And then all of a sudden he just closed his Bible and he said, let's pray. And the only way that I can ex- explain this is, is Acts chapter 10, Cornelius's house, Peter walks into the house, shares the gospel, the Holy Spirit comes down, and these Gentiles are filled with the Spirit. And as he was sharing and praying, I was 12 years old at the time, I didn't know any of this stuff about Spirit and being filled with the Spirit and this and that. I didn't know any of those things. I still don't know too much, but I'm still learning. But at that time, we started to pray. The Holy Spirit in our living room came down upon us. And at the same time, my dad, my mom, myself, and my brother, we were all filled with the Spirit and we started speaking in tongues. Don't ask me how. I didn't know how to do it. I wasn't trying to copy somebody. But the Spirit of God came. It was a, it was a transformational event. But it wasn't a one-time thing. I need the Spirit of God today. I need the Spirit of God now. I need the Spirit of God tonight. And I need the Spirit of God tomorrow. I need the Spirit of God to fill me continually. Paul says it this way. He says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and make music to the Lord in your hearts. Listen to the Spirit. Worship. Be filled with the Spirit. Today, uh, today for our, our day of Lent, uh, if you follow the link, you'll go to our webpage and there's a, a couple of songs to listen to about the promises of God because Jesus is for you. That's our, our keeping our eyes on Jesus for, for today. But worship the Lord. God has given us an anointing. He says here, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing from the Holy One. Can you put your name there and, and then read the verse and say that? Fay has an anointing from the Holy One. Amen? Les has an anointing from the Holy One. Wilma has an anointing from the Holy One. Dave has an anointing from the Holy One. Jolie has an anointing from the Holy One. Steve has an anointing from the Holy One. JJ has an anointing from the Holy One. Wes has an anointing from the Holy One. Jim has an anointing from the Holy One. Put your name there. Because the Spirit of the Lord wants to empower us. He wants to fill us. He wants to overflow us. I'll close with this in the series. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 and 12. These are some amazing verses. I just get blown away by this. So this is what it says. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about the gracious salvation prepared for you. So let's go back to the message on the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. The Spirit of God is coming upon these prophets 
They are speaking as empowered prophets and prophesying about the coming Messiah and saying the Messiah is going to do this and going to do that. And they're looking at what they're writing and they're thinking, what in the world is going on? What God is going to come in the flesh? Hold on. Grace is going to be given to the people. I want to be there at that time. Sorry, prophets, you just speak about it. Somebody else is going to experience it. They wondered what time or situation the spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about, the, about Christ's sufferings and his great glory afterward. See, the prophets had a revelation. As the spirit of God came upon the prophets, as they spoke as empowered prophets, speaking the word of God, speaking of things to come, speaking the truth of the Lord, they saw a time and age where the spirit of God would be poured out, not just on them, not just on individuals, not just for a time and a season, not just for a particular situation, but they saw a time and place when the spirit of God was poured out upon all people. As Moses said, he said, I wish that the spirit of God would be poured out upon everyone. And the prophets, they saw this time, the time post Jesus, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, that the spirit of God would come out and the spirit of God would be poured out on all flesh. And they would think, oh, to live at that time. Oh, to experience the spirit of God and the grace of God in such a way. And it says, they were told that their messages were not for themselves. Hey, David, all these nice psalms you're writing, not for you. It's about the coming Messiah. And about what would be poured out after his death and resurrection. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you, for us. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is, also, it is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Worship team, please come. The angels in heaven, they were waiting in eager anticipation and they were looking down. Okay, what's happening? All right, Isaiah is saying this, David is saying that. Joel is prophesying this. All right, all of these things are happening. Oh, ooh, son of God has come down. Oh no, he's on the cross. He's dying. What's happening? He's dead. Oh no, he's, he's risen again from the dead. Hold up, the Father is sending who? The Holy, the Holy Spirit is poured out now? Oh, it's not just for one person. It's not just for a certain time. It's not just for a certain place. It's for everyone to experience. The angels are looking down and they're watching and they're seeing this amazing thing that is happening of the Spirit of God being poured out on all flesh, upon you and upon me, to experience God like never before, to experience Jesus and the Holy Spirit like the Old Testament prophets and priests and kings could never experience. We get the privilege to experience that. Isn't that amazing? Aren't you glad that you were born now? Let's stand and let's worship the Lord.